0: Welcome back everyone to the captain's log for February 7th, Fe- Febru- February, February, Febru- February, February,
1: February, February, which is I believe how you're feeling right now.
0: Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah, I'm leaving all that in. Uh, this is the captain's log for February seventh. I'm Ian, joined by Aaron. We're going to run down the releases, expansions, and news for the last couple of weeks. We're going to jump right into it. Gale Force Nine has partnered with Paizo Publishing in a multi-year deal where they are going to release multiple card and board games set in the Pathfinder and Starfinder universes. If you're not aware of Pathfinder and Starfinder, are they are a RPG. Um, system similar to D and D, slightly different. They have their own quirks to it. And uh, Gale Force Nine going to be releasing a couple games set in that universe. The first game that they're releasing is a game called Pathfinder Level Twenty. Essentially, it's a game where you play a bunch of kobolds, and you're trying to prevent the group of adventurers from leveling up. They only need five XP, and you have to prevent them from getting there to level twenty. So sounds interesting. That's definitely a cool partnership there so it'd be kind of neat to get more more exposure for that
1: yeah i'm a i'm a big uh, i've never played it but i am a big fan i guess conceptually of pathfinder and definitely starfinder i mean it's rpg set in space what what is there not to like there uh next up uh, you, know, we, you know we had to talk about it. You knew it was going to come up. I don't even know why you're doubting it. Uh, Stonemeyer announces their latest title coming out. It's going to be a... Uh, not quite a reprint. You know, don't, don't call it a comeback. Uh, but a, a revised edition of the 2012 classic game Libertalia. Now subtitled Winds of Galecrest. As you might have guessed from the name, this is going to be themed not after uh, traditional seafaring pirates, but instead, pirates of the sky and the air. Uh, it's going to include some new uh, expansion content that never got released for the first game, as well as uh, you know Im- improvements to uh, some of the base rules and base components of the game, and brand new art from artist Lamaro Smith.
0: I'm excited to play it. That's not a game I had the opportunity to try out when it, came, when it first came out, so I'm looking forward to that. Of course, we didn't talk about this back when Stonemaier purchased the rights to the game, and then there was the rumor that they were not going to re-release it, which they're not. They're coming out with a, like an updated version of it, but that's very exciting. Of course, Stonemaier, fantastic with everything they do calliope games announces the indulgent luxury limited edition of surro this is supposedly eight years in development it's going to have carved stone tiles metal ponds the rules are apparently printed on a bamboo scroll this is a one-time printing the boxes are numbered so if you don't order this when it comes out then you're just never going to be able to get it again. You can sign up on their website. We do have the link if you're interested in getting notified when that comes out. I mean, Sorrow is a fun game. I think it's awesome because it's so easy to play and it's cheap. This is obviously like the antithesis of that, but also it looks awesome. So, I mean, it's exciting. I look forward to it.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, last week on the show, I kind of went off about deluxe versions of games and how sometimes they can be uh, unnecessary and, and maybe even overdone. But I'll be gall-darned, man. I've been looking at the pictures for this, and the, like, metal tokens replacing the wooden stones as the dragons. I mean, individually numbered, wood-carved boxes, like, I just, I kind of wish it was a game that was more than what Surrow is. But at the same time, I also appreciate this, it, it feels on brand for Soro. Uh, Moving on to the expansions, Uh, this is some old news, uh, but I just recently found out about it. I thought it was really cool, and I just wanted to to highlight, you know, here at the Dice Pirates, we're all about uh, inclusivity, representation, all of those things are important. Uh, Starling Games, publisher of the very, very popular worker placement game Everdell, announced, uh, and again, this was was a few months ago, uh, Everdell for Everyone which is partially a mini-expansion and partially a change to how they're going to print the game moving forward. In the original version of the game, uh, the base game includes two cards, the husband and the wife, and you get a a bonus to your cloche if you manage to recruit both of them. Uh, But they're going to be replacing those cards with the non-gendered Harvester and Gatherer, as well as including new redesigned cards which allow players to write down their own names and roles so that everyone can feel like they belong in that world. It's a little thing, but I think, you know, and this wasn't some, this isn't the result of some targeted campaign against Starling Games. This was just them looking at the game and saying, how could we do this maybe a little bit better for somebody? And this was uh, a move that they took that I think is really awesome.
0: It's very cool. I mean, I like the way they did it as well. Just very, like, subtle in there. So fantastic to see. We're going to go ahead and move on to the news. First up, four men over in Gloucester played 85 hours of Dune to break the world record for longest time spent playing a board game. They were doing this to raise money for an Alzheimer's charity um that's actually crazy that is a ridiculous amount they've raised more than a thousand pounds for uh alzheimer's there in the uk thousand pounds is pretty good it's pretty awesome to see and i would just love to know what playing 85 hours of dune feels like
1: uh i mean that's like what three games of twilight imperium like I don't... <laughs> granted i think playing it that many times back to back you'd certainly stab somebody but uh That's crazy. I, this is a completely unrelated anecdote, probably won't even make it to the final episode. Uh, The first ever board gaming focused convention I went to, I went out to the exhibitor floor and was determined I was not going to play any games that I already knew how to play. I was there to play new games, experience new things, make new friends. Uh, I learned over the course of the... let's say, 14 hours, I was on the game floor that it was open. I learned 12 new games, and by the end of the night, I was having trouble talking, because I guess I just overloaded my brain that much. So, hats off to these guys, because I would have been a babbling mess by, like, hour 20.
0: It's, It's quite impressive. I mean, that's a little over three and a half days of straight board gaming, which is a lot, so kudos to those guys a fantastic thing to raise money for as well moving on the french board gaming awards um as door i'm i i'm sorry i cannot pronounce french uh, Aaron can uh, you help me with this
1: yes uh it's pronounced Ador. Or roughly my french accent is off but that's the pronunciation uh, which translates to ace of gold so you know this is uh their their cream of the crop awards
0: so the highlights of these are, of course, Seven Wonders Architects. We got Happy City for the nominal award. Dune Imperium is in there. Uh, Iki and Arnak for the Expert Awards. The winners are going to be announced on the 24th of February, so that'll be exciting to see. Uh,
1: and this, is, uh, this isn't fully news, but this is just something that I thought was interesting. Uh, for the first time in almost a decade, looking at Google search traffic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, has surpassed Magic the Gathering, uh, which if you know anything about the collectible card game scene, Magic is kind of the McDonald's of card games where there's Magic the Gathering, and then that that little chunk at the very bottom of the chart is everyone else. Uh, but Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, the, the publishers just released a uh, free-to-play multi-platform online version of Oh that anyone can, I mean, I've downloaded it on my Xbox you can get it on your laptop, I'm 80% confident it's coming to like phones and tablets uh, pretty soon and you can download it, you can start playing it uh, and it Early reports are that it is much more player, new player-friendly or free player-friendly than Magic the Gathering's Arena. I just recently cut that habit uh, out of my life. Uh, Arena, very much not friendly if you're not spending money. You you really have to dig deep to keep, keep up with the standards in that game. But with Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, at least right now, very much giving out a lot of stuff to new players to allow them to quickly you know get their their uh get their cards get their power levels up and it seems to be that that may be the the situation going forward which is nice
0: moving on to the last piece of news for this episode JigX has partnered with steamforged to create board and tabletop games in the runescape universe runescape of course one of the You know, a very popular uh, MMO. Uh, It's one that I never personally got into, but of course a lot of people have really enjoyed it. And RuneScape, and old school RuneScape, and lots of people really got into that game. So exciting to see what they'll do with that. That's pretty cool. And, you know, give more people another avenue to get into RPG board games.
1: I mean, there was a time in my life RuneScape was like, it was my wow. And I think I played it because you could play it in your browser and it was free, unlike World of Warcraft. So, and it definitely still has a gigantic, hardcore audience, so uh, I, th- I think these will, uh, these will do pretty well.
0: Excited to see that for sure. That is the news for this week, of course. Stay tuned next week, because there will be another episode of the main podcast. Thank you for listening, as always, but until then, we'll be right here on the Dice Pirates.
1: Play more games!